Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a football Friday here on Birds 365 as the countdown continues to the 2022 season. And the Eagles are mere handful of days away before they report to camp. So we'll be breaking down the birds all day. Two good bird guests coming your way. And Johnny Mac, for the next several hours, chances are we'll be talking about quarterbacks. We won't be talking about the punting competition. Mm. If there is one for the Philadelphia Eagles this mm. year, still isn't possible on paper since Eagles don't have a second punter on the roster. No, we will be talking about quarterback because yesterday's signing could change the landscape of quarterback and values in the National Football League. Josh Rosen is the backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Could reset the entire <laughs> market. <laughs> He's a stone cold bust. What the hell? I I I I went down the road of could Gardner Minshew interest the Cleveland Browns yesterday? Uh, they they should have been listening to me, not signing Josh Rosen. 
Yeah, Brown's uh, going nowhere fast. Anyway, no, uh, the quarterback that I referred to is, of course, Kyler Murray, New Deal. It's not, I should, well, it's an extension, but the first deal has to end first, including yeah. his rookie season, and then pick up five years thereafter. So he's under contract for the uh, next seven years with the Arizona Cardinals at $230.5 million, <laughs> which, of course, is yeah. $0.5 million. You say 0. .5. Yeah, that's $500,000, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, 0.5 million more than Deshaun Watson to make a point. Uh, yes, the quarterback market, and this happens all the time. It's nothing new for this offseason. Happens every offseason. We're just paying closer attention to what's going down now. The quarterback market is ever changing, Johnny Mac. Yes, it is. Uh, so, technically, you know, if you, if you want to go, obviously the most important part is fully guaranteed money. And that's why Deshaun's contract is better because everything is fully guaranteed. Um, but, you know, this one kind of said, man, you know what? <laughs> this got me thinking, like, we, we, we've talked about Jalen Hurts and potential extensions after this season and what it's going to be. My God, I mean, at, I'm I'm at the point where it's number ten now in the NFL is thirty five million. That's how quickly things have changed over the last calendar year. You've had Aaron Rodgers, you've had Deshaun Watson, now you have Kyler Murray, Josh Allen back in September, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, on and on and on and on. Thirty five million dollars is the number ten slots. In, in the NFL right now from an average annual value perspective. And guess what, Jody? It's only going up. Joe Burrow's down the pike. Justin Herbert's down the pike. You think they're going to ask for less than $230.5 million? I mean, that's that's the starting point. That's like, I'm not taking that. We, we Jen, we got one in the offing. You got to wait at least a yeah, year for Lamar. borrowing. Lamar Jackson yeah. showed up for Ravens camp yesterday, whether he he's not holding out. So will he play in and show up and say, I'm here, but yeah, I really don't want to practice because I don't want to take the chance of getting hurt. So we, we need to figure out the particulars, but Lamar Jackson's already got an MVP in his back pocket. Kyler Murray doesn't have one of these. <clears throat> so yeah. how does, how does Lamar Jackson's negotiation start at less than 230 but make it 231. So he goes slightly yeah. higher. No, than... he'll be he'll be in that group. I just think I brought up Burrow and Herbert because I think they're even going to be higher uh, because of their potential uh, in moving forward the way they're looked at and upon the league. The, the thing with Lamar, he's got to get an agent. You know, sorry, Lamar, you got to get an agent. You got to start at uh, 231, as you said. Yeah, and he'll get he'll get more. Than, than Kyler Murray, and he should get more, by the way. Um, and then you'll keep going from there, and you keep going from there. My my point from an Eagles perspective, because that's the most important, that's what you got to do. I mean, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, that's what you got to do. And and for me, Kyler Murray kind of puts it in into a, uh, a nice little bow for me because he's obviously a very good player. Uh, he's explosive. Uh, he's he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. He certainly turned that franchise around. But I don't know. I don't consider him to be 
uh, a superstar. I consider him to be a splashy guy who makes a lot of splashy plays that can win games for you. But I don't look at him as the, all right, that guy's going to make me consistent year in and year out, year out. But people can debate that. That that That's why I put it into focus to me. Jalen Hurts is never getting to Kyler Murray's level. Not, not even close. I'm sorry. People don't want to hear that. Ain't happening. Just doesn't have that talent level, doesn't have that skill set. I don't want to pay him. I don't want to pay. I'm to the point where, and by him, I mean Kyler Murray, I don't want to pay him that. Uh, it, it hamstrings my ability to build a, a championship roster around him. The Cardinals have to pay him that. So you're stuck in this NBA mentality of, and I don't like it, and, and you know, it's like, you got to get certain guys or you don't have a chance. I'm not saying we're there in the NFL, but boy, we're getting close when it comes to the quarterback position because there's only, I don't know how, how deep do you want to go, Jody? I, I would put Rogers in the category. I would put Mahomes, Allen, you know, Stafford just won the Super Bowl, but he's 34. I don't even know if I put him in the category. Um, and, and Burrow and, and Herbert, because those are the two young quarterbacks that I really like. Um, and that's about evaluation more than anything else. Um, even the next level, the 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 whoever you want to put Deshaun Watson, I I, I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, I saw him win four games with the. Now that was a really bad roster. And he's a really great player, but shouldn't shouldn't I can't picture. A, a, here's here's kind of what I'm trying to say, and I'm stumbling. I can't picture Aaron Rodgers winning four games. I I don't care what you give him. Talk about losing Devontae Adams. Talk about losing whoever you want. I can't picture him winning four games in a season if he's healthy. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at this stage. Now, as he ages out, it, um, you know, he's still, he's getting older, still in the prime of his career. There's certain guys, and that's why I say about Pete Manning, you know, once he hit the ground running, obviously struggled the first year. Once he hit the ground running, it's double digits, double digits, double digits, double digits, consistent. I always say Indianapolis would start with, hey, 10 wins is going to be a bad season. That's a bad season. You could mark down 10 wins. And if you get to 13, that's a good season. <laughs> you know, if you're at 11 or 12, you're saying, ah, we struggled a little bit. And then you get to the playoffs and you roll the dice. Boy, I mean, this to me, we're going to talk about it because we have to talk about it for another year. Eagles can't move forward with Jalen Hurts, period. End of sentence. So, oh, But you got to move forward with somebody. Yeah, so you churn it over. That's what I'm saying. You go to the college system. You know, the Eagles don't want to go lame duck. If you want to go lame duck, if you want to go all four years, go all four years. I don't care. Roll it over. Say you got a quarterback for four years. And if he doesn't prove to be that superstar quarterback, and I mean tippy-top superstar quarterback, roll it over. Maybe it's five years if it's a first-round pick. Roll it over. Don't pay these guys. Don't pay the $35 million quarterbacks of the world, the Kirk Cousins, the Derek Carrs. Derek Carrs ahead of that. 
Um, don't pay the pay those guys. You're you're just hamstringing your ability. You're better off going the Jimmy Garoppolo route. Go the game manager route. Try to win games. Try to build the rest of the roster. But he's overpaid too. So it it, it really is a conundrum, Jody. It really is. So what would you suggest the Baltimore Ravens do? The Ravens are in the top. They got to pay Lamar. They got to pay just like Arizona. He's above the line for you. Yes, he's above the – well, he's above the line from the perspective I know they have to pay him. From my personal line, he's not above the line. I know Arizona had to pay Kyler Murray. I can't criticize Arizona for paying Kyler Murray. They had to do it. That's – I mean – they had to do it. But ultimately, I think personally, it's not going to work. It's not going to get him a championship. He's not at that level where you, you and, and well, by the way, if you were the GM, you would advise the owner, we got to let this guy walk. No, I just believe. said you have to pay him. You have to pay him. But deep in the dark, whoa, whoa, recesses, whoa, 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 whoa. You got to explain this to me. So, you I'm say simple. you have to pay him, but you say you wouldn't pay them. So no, I'm trying to figure I out. Said, where the- Hiding line is. I said I would pay him. I would pay Kyler Murray. I would play Lamar Jackson. But then I would go to my office and I would shut out the light and I would know deep down I have no chance. That's the difference. Isn't you got to do it? As the general manager of the team to give your team a chance. There's politics. There's you know this, Jody. Not everything's in a vacuum. You know you you got to sell tickets. There's marketing. There's, there's these, these people are the pace of the franchises. They're successful. You can't argue to the public that, well, I know Kyler's really good. I know he's the number one overall pick. I know the numbers he picks up. I know he turns us into a championship, uh, a, a playoff level team. I know he, he does this, he does that. And then you're going to try to spin to him. Oh, but by the way, let's go back to the crappy Arizona Cardinals until we play Sixers for what for 15 years and keep rolling it over and keep rolling it over and keep rolling. You can't sell that to the public, but that's the way I feel personally. So, you know, you got to play the game, unfortunately, the way you play the game. But my personal belief is everything has to be perfect to win with these quarterbacks. And it might be, you know, we've seen it in the past. You can spike and, and, and win a year here or there. But when you're talking about consistency, like what Andy Reid preached, what Andy Reid tried to build, what Andy Reid has built is, you know, be consistent every year, get in the dance, and then roll the dice and maybe the stars align. And people will criticize Andy Reid. They have here. You know, he never won here. He only won one with Patrick Mahomes. Only one. I hate that term. Um, And they still say, you should have won this. You should have won that. He should have won more. Everybody says that, but the realistic job of a GM is to be consistent job of a GM as a coach to put you in the position to win each and every year. It becomes so much more difficult if you're paying $45, $50 million to good quarterbacks, but not great quarterbacks, but that's the cost of doing business at that position. And that's the difficulty of the Eagles have right now. Right. That's where I'm going next. If you believe that the Cardinals, to use your phrase, had to pay Kyler Murray, they had to do it. But you don't really believe he's good enough to win them the championship. But they had to do it just to sustain 
their fan base and the other reasons that you gave. Where are the Eagles and uh, their quarterback right now? Is Jalen Hurts going to be one of those guys? Because I know you're not going to say, oh, he's good enough. They have to sign him. And yes, they could win a Super Bowl with him. There, He's in that gray area, that nebulous middle area. What would you suggest to Howie Roseman right now? Do they have to sign Jalen Hurts the same way the Cardinals just signed uh no, no, they don't. And that's my point. This, uh, that Jalen Hurts is never going to be Kyler Murray. And I don't okay. believe in Kyler Murray. So Kyler so Murray's I'm, above the line. Jalen Hurts is below the line. Oh, uh, uh, Kyler Murray is way above Jalen Hurts. Way, way above Jalen Hurts. Um, so you don't like Jalen Hurts at all. Because if you if Kyler Murray's way above Jalen Hurts, and, Jaylen, and Kyler Murray isn't good enough to actually make you believe you can win a Super Bowl with him, then Jalen Hurts isn't even close. And that's why I said, that's why I put a, it, it put the, for me, it put the punctuation on it, Jody, that contract. It put the punctuation. I'm already, I'm, 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 I, I've already made my decision. I'm trying to get CJ Stroud. I'm trying to get Bryce Young. I'm, I'm turning this thing over. If I can't get him, maybe, maybe I, I, I let him play out his contract. Um, I'm going the college route. I'm turning this thing over. I'm not paying mediocre quarterbacks $35 million. There's yeah. no stinking way. There um, is no stinking way I'm doing that as a GM. I am not there yet. Oh, I could get there, depending on how uh, Mr. Hertz plays this year. But uh, I know we all want to make decisions this minute. I just and, did. <laughs> yeah, and you know, feel free, Johnny Mac. And guess what? If if you're right, if, if Jalen Hurts has a lousy year this year, the fact I, that and by the way, I don't think he date? is August, the July 22nd on July 22nd, John McMullen got on record and said, Jalen Hurts is not getting an extended. No way he's staying here. We're turning over. The Eagles are drafting a quarterback next year. It's nice that you got out ahead of the game, but it really doesn't signify anything. No, because they because can't I'm not draft. Sure. Not only can't they draft either young signify and anything or because I'm I don't uh, think they're going to be in position to do that. So we don't even know who the other potential guys would be. So it's nice to make a command decision at this point. There's nothing you can do about it. You got well, to no, I'm, not, this I'm, year. I'm, I'm not in charge, but I've already made the decision. I, first of all, the Eagles, people forget, and the Eagles do a good job of this. And I said, they already tried to get better this offseason. So the old adage is, don't listen to what a team does. Watch what they do. They wanted Russell Wilson. They wanted Deshaun Watson. Now, you could say that, by the way, Kyler Murray's another one. When Kyler was, you know, making some noise about getting out of Arizona, um, I don't think anybody really took um, Arizona's uh, that seriously because they knew Arizona was not going to let him get away. But the Eagles didn't seem to have any real interest in Kyler Murray, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. But, uh, well, you know, maybe they believe the the Johnny Mac wrecking that this guy's just not good enough. Yeah, but he's way better. See, that's my problem, Jody. He's not good enough and he's way better. That's my problem. That's my personal problem. He he's he's way better, and he's not good enough. He's not he's not he's not the Mahomes. He's not he's not the Josh Allen. He's not the. Oh, Aaron, he's, he, you're Aaron right. Rogers. He's neither. 
He's neither of those two guys. We're talking about. He doesn't today. have the potential of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Those are the two young guys that I that I look at. Um, so he's really good. He's not good enough. And Jalen can't reach that ceiling. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that yet. Could he get to Kyler Murray's level? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not writing that off. Can he get to Josh Boy. Allen's level? No. Can he get to Mahomes' level? No. That's not happening. But I'm not writing off Kyler Murray just yet. And here's the beauty of it: we don't have to decide today. I'm glad that John did. More power to you. But it doesn't matter. They can't do anything. And, they and they the couldn't way, make a just... commitment to him if they wanted to. It's no, against I know. the rules. I know. And by the way, I'm not saying I'm not saying Jalen's going to have a bad year. I think he's going to have a good year. I think the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. Uh, I his ceiling is not the ceiling you need to pay somebody forty five million dollars, even thirty five million dollars. I don't want to pay that ceiling. I don't want thirty five is is again. Then you're in the Kirk Cousins range. I don't want any part of that. So, look, I unfortunately, and I wrote this on Jacob Sports, in a lot of ways, the rest of the league and the way they're paying elite quarterbacks are making the Eagles' decision easy. They're making the Eagles' decision easy. Easy. Okay. Yeah, I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm going to give Jalen Hurts this year to show that he's not good enough. And then if he is, it's an easy decision. We got we got months before we have to get to the end of the year. We got to let him play out this season. And then we got to see going to make the playoffs. Then it's only going to get obfuscated by playoffs and um, spin and narrative. Eagles know. Eagles already know. They know. They know. They they may know, but they can't act on it until after the year has come and gone. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald with the Mac and Mac guys. All right. You know who's coming up next? John Stolis, our buddy who does uh, uh, articles for Bleeding Green Nation and his uh, podcast, Eye on the Enemy, as well. Uh, a must listen for you Eagle fans out there. John Stone is up next here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365, McMullen, McDonald, and our bud John Stolmis from Bleeding Green Nation jumps aboard here with us on Birds 365. All right, John, I know you have to on early. Thank you for that. So you heard yep. me and McMullen going back and forth about the quarterback <laughs> position in the NFL. Uh, is this just a prelim, a 12-month prelim to when the Eagles move away from Jalen Hurts because he's just not good enough? Well, I, I Jody Mack, I'm kind of where you are on this. Uh, I'm I'm in a wait and see approach on Jalen Hurts. I know how I, I think this is going to go. I I don't think he has the talent of Kyler Murray. I don't think he's a Lamar Jackson. And so, uh, if that proves to be the case during the course of the season, and I think we'll know even if they make the playoffs, we'll we'll be able to tell. I think based on how he plays against some of the better teams uh, on the schedule. And there's not a lot of them because it's a good schedule for the Eagles, but. I'm in wait and see mode, and I agree. You don't pay you don't pay a guy like Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, money if he has another Hurts season like he did last year, or if he's only slightly better this year. But I, I think there's time. Um, I think it's a good what the Kyler Murray contract does is it does give you a barometer, it gives you a good idea of what the Eagles would be looking at, and it it will I think impact their decision whether or not to move forward with Jalen Hurts or to um, sign a veteran quarterback next off season or get somebody in the draft. I'll tell you what I. I'm not 100% convinced that if things don't work out with Jalen Hurts this offseason, that it's going to be a guy that they draft in the first round. When you look at the roster that they're putting together here in 2022, granted, there are a lot of guys on one-year deals, but you're putting together a roster that's meant to win both this year and in 23 and 24 and 25. Do you bring in a rookie quarterback, a first-round pick, who probably won't be ready to win on day one and sacrifice a season when you've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in his third year and whoever else you've got? You know, Hassan Reddick is going to be, you know, in the prime of his career. You only have Darius Slay for maybe another year or two of top level talent. Do you do you spend one of those years with a rookie quarterback who will be learning the NFL in his first season, even if it is a really talented one? I'm not sure you do that unless it's the very top guy or or somebody, you know, you can move up into the top five. And I I don't know if we if we have the season, I hope we think we're going to have how high are these first round picks going to be? So it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it, and and to me, John, the bigger thing is is as you mentioned, it it's a barometer. So yeah. you know when you start talking about the numbers, and they're just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because we all know how this works. And the next guy, Lamar Jackson, is going to start at two thirty one, and then Burrow's going to come up, and Herbert, and on and on we go. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, the salary cap's going to go up as well. So from a percentage standpoint, you can argue these guys are underpaid still rather than overpaid. But from a roster building standpoint, it becomes more difficult. And you you talk about what the Eagles have been able to do, and I give Howie Roseman tremendous credit, is, is build up a pretty good roster from 2 to 53. I think we all look at it and say, wow, this is, this is pretty deep. I know you just went through the uh, bleeding green. You just went through the position groups and, and mm-hmm. kind of ranked them. Pretty deep group uh, yeah. overall when compared to other teams. Part of the reason for that is they don't have to pay Jalen Hurts. So when you look forward, ultimately you have to make a decision, right? The Eagles still have some time. We all know that. But it's the barometer that concerns me because you got to be at the Kyler Murray level to get Kyler Murray money. I think the ceiling there is kind of limited. We know from from a a trade standpoint, that's probably not going to happen. So you start thinking, all right, well, where are the guys a little bit lower than that? And then you start looking at the 35 million guys. And that's where I brought up the Kirk Cousins of the world, the Jared Goffs of the world, the Carson Wentz of the world. That's where you're at. That's what these guys are getting paid. And look, I think Cousins specifically, because to me, he's always been sort of a demarcation line. He's a good quarterback, but you know, you're not going to win anything with him. He's going to put up numbers. Um, and I think ultimately he's a little bit underrated. But what's the goal here? I, I hate it because I'm not a Sixers process guy. I hate the win or, you know, win or lose mentality, Ricky Bobby mentality. I called it, if you're not first, you're last. Mm-hmm. I hate that thought process. But, man, is that where pro sports are going? Like, if we can't win the championship, what is this about? That's no, my I think, concern. Yeah, and I think that's a valid concern. I I, I think there's something to be said for – the process and last year i think we look back at at last season and we knew that team wasn't winning a super bowl but everyone was heavily invested in getting to the playoffs because winning games is fun during the regular season getting ready for a playoff game is fun and as the 49ers showed us last year you know really you never know what's going to happen yeah. once the tournament begins and jimmy garoppolo it was came from a, a dropped interception away from getting them to the super bowl and he's probably going to be on another team in a, in, a, in another couple of weeks and so um when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl in 2017, Carson Wentz was on his rookie deal. They, they were able to do that because, like you said, they invested in the rest of the team around him. Now, I'm not someone who believes that you shouldn't pay big money to a quarterback that's worth it so that you can pay the other guys. A quarterback is the most important position in any professional sport. And the Eagles need to make sure that they have identified who that's going to be at some point. Can they kind of you know, struggle along like they did during the, during the Buddy Ryan era and the Rich Cotite era and the Ray Rhodes era with some of these guys who they, they, they come in, they give you a year or two, you get to the first or second round of the playoffs and then you're out. Are we, are we okay with that as a fan base to kind of just roll along like that until we stumble into a Donovan McNabb or we stumble into a, a Carson Wentz at the height of his powers and, and gets you in deeper into the playoffs. And uh, it's hard to know without a roadmap of knowing what veteran quarterbacks might be available next off season. Uh, it's, you know, th- there could be a possibility that you have an off season like this one where some big name quarterbacks are changing teams. And if you've got a roster that's built to win, maybe you can bring one of those guys on for a year or two, but, um, what would be the best case scenario, obviously for everyone is if 
Jalen Hurts plays really well this year. That would answer a lot of questions if he's a, a Pro Bowl type quarterback and he, he shows you he's got a, a, a Lamar Jackson type uh, skill set in there this year. Then, you know, that answers the questions. But I'm again, I'm leaning against that possibility. And uh, I, I don't know where the Eagles yeah. go from here. Yeah. See, here's the here's where I have a tough time wrapping around my head around uh, the stance John's taken today. I want to have at least an open mind about where the Eagles are going to next, if not Jalen Hurts. But that's where I'll make a a, a strong step. I don't think they can get Bryce Young and or C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be in position. They're going yeah. to win 10 games, so their first-round draft pick's not going to be high. I think New Orleans is going to be pretty good. I think they win a minimum of eight. Could win nine. So those two picks combined, not going to get you into the one-two slot in the draft. So right. who's it going to be? Yeah, I, I'm saying there's a drop-off after the first two. Will Levis, yeah. Tanner McKee. Well, I agree with that. Let me just throw in, and then I'll have John. My my The second part of my thing is, yeah, I agree. The Eagles, I said, Jalen Hurts is going to have a good year. He's not going to have a bad year. He's going to have a similar year to what he had last year. He's a good player. The Eagles are going to make the playoffs. I believe that. That's my prediction. Uh, He's going to do some really nice things. He might be a Pro Bowl alternate. Might even maybe be the third guy in the Pro Bowl for a realistic standpoint. That's my concern. And at that point, you start thinking, well, we we got a good player here. Let's pay him $35 million. That's my concern. So the second part of my thought process is you keep rolling it over. You go to the college mentality. Say, I got a guy for four years. I got a guy for five years, maybe, if he's a first-round pick. But if he's not that superstar, I'm going to roll it over. I'm not paying a good player $35, $40 million so I can't build the rest of my roster. Am I crazy, John Stolnes? You're not crazy. You've got to really believe in the quarterback, and I, I think that's the key. We just don't. We just don't know. We just there's so much we don't know. And the beautiful thing is, we don't have to know just yet. We we don't have to. We don't have no, to make a decision four just years. right now. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you've you've got some time with Jalen Hurts here, and if he is in the Pro Bowl, if he's one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the NFC, if he takes you to the NFC Championship game, then. Maybe maybe you do pay him, uh, you know, because then he will have shown you that he can take you on a on an extended playoff run, that he can win a couple of playoff games, that he can beat a playoff uh, caliber quarterback. Now that's assuming he doesn't stink in the playoffs and they they win with defensive turnovers and whatnot. You know, we just you just have to kind of. I think we'll the, the eye test will be there. We'll be able to also look at some of the metrics that are out there and be able to see whether or not he's improved in these different areas with his accuracy, with throwing the ball over the middle, how he does with all of this talent around him that he has because. Like we've been saying for for weeks now, there's no excuse for Jalen Hurts not to play well this year if he has the ability. And it's I am in total wait in C mode. I'm not stressing about whether or not we pay him yet or what kind of decisions we make about it yet because time is on our side right now. Agreed. That's exactly the same way I look at John Stolnes here is on Birds 365. All right, John, they're going to report on Tuesday, get workouts. They may actually even have a practice at some point. Wow. Because they haven't had one yet this year. If you don't go 11 on 11, it's not a practice to me. Yeah. Um, the Eagles are in a good position in a lot of their uh, starting spots, most significant playing time spots are decided. 
but there are a couple that have yet to be determined. How is Nick Sirianni going about going to go about deciding who gets those? And I don't want to leave his coordinators out of it. I certainly yeah. believe Gannon will dictate playing time on the defensive side of the ball um, more so than on the offensive side of the ball. Are they going to have enough? Are those joint practices going to be the sole determinant of who is getting the time at the linebacker position for the Eagles out of the three safeties, veteran guys that they have, who's going to get more playing time? Are they going to be able to make that decision by the time game one rolls around? I think that's going to go a long way. And I think a lot of those guys, we know the starters aren't going to play in the preseason games at all, but I think a lot of the guys who are in some of these positional battles for, for backup spots, backup tight end, the safety position, like you talked about a minute ago, some of the linebacker spots, they'll play in the preseason and they're not going to play against other teams, top talent. But I think that'll give the coaching staff a good indication of who they want to go with, who they feel good about. And I, I got to believe that even if they're not in, 11 on 11s, even if they're just doing seven on sevens or they're doing stuff on the side that they're seeing something there. They're seeing enough there to be able to make a judgment on these players. They're only hurting themselves if, if they don't. And so I'm hoping they have the coaching staff has some way of being able to analyze these guys and, and make an informed decision on them, even without everybody playing in the preseason games and full pads on doing two a days throughout the course of the summer. Um, you know, I, they were very healthy last year. The Eagles were. I, again, this is another one of those things I'm willing to wait and see about whether or not the reduced practices, the reduced contact during the course of the summer will be good for the team in the long run, whether it will allow them to analyze who they have and, and make decisions on that. Um, and I do think there will be some opportunities there. Uh, I just without knowing exactly how they're going about making their decisions with regards to practices this summer. Um, yeah. Another thing where we're kind of just going to have to wait and see. Um, John, uh, I mentioned the roster a little bit earlier and you did for your latest at bleedinggreennation.com. So people should check that out. Ranking the Eagles position groups heading into training camp. Um, I, I, you know, one thing stuck out to me, um, and that was the defensive line. Now Mm. safety last, I think we all agree with that. That's the biggest concern. Then I think it was quarterbacks right uh, between safety. So I think John's a little bit closer to me (laughs) in long term (laughs) about Jalen Hurts. But defensive line, I'd look at this defensive line and say, "Eh, that's a pretty good group. Now, there's some concerns with age and, and Brandon Graham coming back, but it's deep, it's talented. I was surprised he had it as low as he did. What's your thought process on the defensive line? Yeah, for me, I think it was, you know, is how how much of is Hassan Reddick going to play as defensive end and how much is he going to play at linebacker? And I think it, maybe it doesn't even really matter because he's probably going to move back and forth between those two things. So maybe we look at it, uh, maybe the best way to look at it is not defensive line and linebackers, but, you know, front seven or, you know, pass rushers or, or something like that. But as I was looking at positional groups, I was thinking of Reddick more as a linebacker as opposed to a defensive end. And uh, if he's going to play mostly linebacker, you're looking at Brandon Graham on the outside, who, again, I'm, I'm thrilled he's back. And he was a, he was a big surprise with how well he played uh, in 2021. Um, you, you hope he comes back. But I was, I was expecting a little more out of Josh Sweat last year, to be perfectly honest. Um, he disappeared in, in big games against good teams. And uh, I don't think he's established himself as a, 
as a week in, week out, reliable pass rusher. I think you saw that from the numbers and the lack of sacks this team had last year. Um, Derek Barnett is still going to get a regular amount of snaps at, at defensive end, which does not inspire a whole lot of confidence in me. And um, I, I think the edges are where I have most of the concern. I think at defensive tackle, you know, adding Jordan Davis is is hopefully going to really help in the run, run game. And I think there's a lot there as far as being able to rush the passer, too. He just wasn't asked to do that all that much in college. Uh, Javon Hargrave got off to a real fast start last year, but was quiet in the second half of the year and really did not match that production level. And we've seen that with him in his time in Philadelphia. He's kind of a streaky player in that regard. And, you know, I don't know what you've got in Fletcher Cox. Is, is, he, is he mostly cooked? But will a reduced role increases effectiveness do, if they don't need him to do as much maybe he's a more effective player here in in 2022 but i'm not sold on that idea uh, i think one of the big wild cards on the defensive line is milton williams I, I liked what he was giving them at the end of the year he seemed like he was an improving player he's a flexible player so you can play him at defensive tackle you can play him on the edge a little bit and so he's one guy that i do think could really add some uh could help this this positional group move up my rankings. But for me, this defensive line still has more question marks than they do answers. And that's why I ranked them as low as I did. All right. Since we've already gone right past the 2022 season where it comes to quarterback play. It's only because of Kyler. I haven't gone past it, Jody. Excuse me? It's only because of the Kyler contract. I haven't gone past it. Oh, okay. Sounds a lot like you decided 2023. I said they were going to make the playoffs. Oh, okay. Uh, but who there? who's their quarterback in 2023? Uh, it's the general manager mentality that we all have. We're always looking into the future. So I'm going to ask Mrs. Stolnes to do the same. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, 2023 defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. One's back. Both are back. Neither is back. If one is back, which of the two? I think if one of one is back, it's it's Hargrave. Um, he's the younger player. I, I think there were a lot of us who expected Cox to not be on the team this year. I think we were all surprised that the Eagles went and uh, and re-signed him. Um, so I, I think this is Cox's last go around. And um, I hope there's a there's a time where we honor him at the end of the year uh, because I, I don't I can't imagine unless he has a renaissance this year and and you know gets six or seven sacks that he, that he's back on this team. So I, I think it's if one of the two are back, it's probably Hargrave and. Um, you know, I think uh, if Hargrave has a productive season, he he can get his contract restructured. If there's a salary cap issue, that's one of the things we know Howie Roseman is great at kicking more money down the road. Um, but it would not surprise me at all if if both leave after the season, if they decide they want to just cut their losses and move forward and make Milton Williams uh, this a starter and have um, you know have Davis as their as, as their other starter. You know, I think uh, it's uh, you know they they'd like to invest money in the defensive tackle position. But at some point, you also do have to throw some of that money on the outside. And so there's going to be a lot of needs on this defensive line uh, once the season is over. Um, I just don't see Cox as being here any more than this season. And I'm not expecting a big renaissance season from Fletcher Cox. I, I hope that he's productive in the limited role that he's going to have. I guess, frankly, I hope it's, it is a more limited role. I, I hope he's not overexposed because yeah. uh, what we saw last year was a guy who just looked like he didn't have a whole lot left in the tank. So. Um, I would say Hargrave next year over Cox for sure. Yeah, that fourteen million is something that you you would think that means the Eagles are going to play him a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see how the playing time is sort of divvied out up front by Jonathan Gannon because you're going to see a lot of 
odd and even man fronts. You're going to see a lot of multiple looks. You're going to see mm-hmm. five man fronts, four man fronts, three man fronts. So it's going to be interesting to see how that playing time is sort of divvied out. September 11th, because Jody's scolding me about going past this season. So I'm going to go to this season, John. September 11th in Detroit. Um, is Jalen Rager on the field? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'll say at this point he is. I think they're going to give him another shot as the punt returner. Um, I, I think they would be silly to have him as one of their top five wideouts. I would take Greg Ward over him right now as the number five, just, just for the reliability. Um, I, I think Jalen, Her- Jalen Rager last year really struggled as a punt returner. He was a net negative back there trying to field <laughs> punts. If he can be better, if he can show this summer that he is better back there fielding punts, making decisions and actually trying to, you know, get the ball upfield. The Eagles were awful at that last year in special teams. They had one of the worst special teams units yeah. in football last season. So Rager's got to show that he can field punts, and he's probably going to have to be on punt coverage teams and, and get down the field and, and, you know, make a tackle or two here and there during the course of the season. I think Howie Roseman desperately wants to keep him on the roster and find a way for him to be productive. If he doesn't have to worry about as much with uh, taking care of the wide receiver stuff, the weight of expectations of being the number two wide receiver. If he can focus a lot more of that energy on punt returns on playing special teams, then maybe he becomes like a, a Desmond Howard type player for you where he can, Ooh, he, that'd he be can nice. it that'd would be, be nice. really nice. And we know yeah. what kind of a weapon that is yeah. when you have somebody back there who can break a game, who can shift field position like that with, uh, with one return. So that's the hope. It's not a high hope, but I think at this point, he's probably the best option for you back there because they didn't go out this off season and get somebody that has a track record of doing that. Now, Britain, well, Britain, Kobe real quick, Jody, just one follow up with John about Rager because, and, and I've said this as well, you know, I think we've all said it. Um, GMs don't want to give up on first round picks and in, in, in theory, but is it worse if, if Jalen's on the field as a six receiver, and, and the only the punt returner for Howie Roseman and he's covering kicks. Isn't that more of a, in other words, isn't that more of a microscope on, boy, he really missed out on this, on this kid. Wouldn't it just be better to cut bait, give him a change of scenery, change of scenery for both sides. If you're the GM. I think there's a lot to say there. I, I, yeah, I can see that. I mean, if you're looking at what's best for Rager, it certainly would be better for him to go someplace else. I don't know what kind of, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine that there's a lot of coaching staffs around the league that are looking at him and thinking there's a diamond in the rough. Um, there might be. Uh, and if there, if there's a trade out there to be made, the Eagles should make it. I'll, I'll say that. I, I think if there's a way you can get, you know, a fifth rounder, sixth rounder for, for Jalen Rager and let him go try someplace else. I think that's fine. And if you do find somebody during the course of training camp that can return punts, then I say, let him go release him and let him try and latch on with another team. I just, I think Howie Roseman's a little stubborn when it comes to a guy like Jalen Rager and uh, without being able to get a, a, an asset in return, I don't, I don't think he's just going to cut him for the sake of cutting him. All right, John, uh, if I get you in trouble for this ahead of time, I'll apologize. <laughs> but as you can see here on Birds 365, two hosts don't always necessarily have to agree. Um, your buddy, Brandon Lee Gowton, came out with his all-defensive team in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Some interesting selections. Some Eagles on there, some 
guys from uh, the three other teams. His top two linebackers were, to no one's surprise, Michael Parsons, mm-hmm. who is all world with his rookie year with the Dallas Cowboys last year, and Kaiser White wow. as the second best linebacker in the NFC East this year. I don't think he's the second best linebacker on the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I would rank him third on the Eagles behind the Kobe Dean and mm. TJ Edwards. BLG's got him the second best linebacker in the division. Yeah. Are you near his eye on Kaiser White as your buddy BLG is? I think he's the second best linebacker uh, on the team. Do I not in the division? No, I mean, I think again. Are, are you, are you uh, putting the Kobe Dean third? Yes, because I, uh, I need to see it. Well, I need you guys to see are going to eat so much crow on that one. I would love it. Mm. I, I, and you know what? It'll taste yeah, good. I can it, eat crow, yeah. <laughs> It'll if, taste if, good. If, if Jalen Hurts is a first-team All-Pro, I'll happily eat crow and say yeah. I was wrong. I mean, I I think it was a steal getting him in the third round, but I, I think we also, too, need to be careful about um, knowing that we got a second-round pick or even a late first-round pick in the third round, not – not making him to be better in his rookie season than I think we have a right to expect him to be. Uh, do we know how many, how much he's going to start, how much playing time he's going to get? Cause if Reddick is going to be uh, at, at one spot on the outside and white's going to be at the other side, you're going to have TJ Edwards playing a lot because they love him and his ability to play the middle. Uh, if they're playing three, four, then sure. You're going to probably see a lot of him. Uh, but if you're playing four, three, a lot of the time, he, he might not be getting more than 30 to 40% of the defensive snaps this, this season. So I think I think the future is really bright for him. As far as 2022 goes, I don't think I can put him ahead of Reddick and ahead of White, who are established guys. We know Reddick's going to play a ton, and I think White's going to play a ton because of his ability to cover guys. And so, Nicobe Dean, love him. Love his future. Think it's great, but I, I'm, I'm pumping the brake a little bit on him in 2022, just, just until we can get a little bit more of a look at him. Yeah, plus we got to see if he's healthy because yeah, the Eagles true. say he's healthy, but they didn't do anything in the spring. So we got to see, you know, I'm going to feel a lot better about Nicobe Dean if we finally get to training camp, really day five of training camp. They have such a long ramp up period now. Um, and he's out there in 11 on 11s and he's completely healthy and he's ready to go. Otherwise, you know, maybe it's a second half of the season type thing. Maybe he works his way in a little bit more slowly. It's not that I don't think he's going to be a good player. I think he's just going to have, as Jody knows, the startup costs. I like that term. Mm-hmm. Like most rookies have. And that's not a bad thing. That's not right. an insult to a, to a young third-round pick. And the good news is the Eagles have more depth at linebacker than they've had in a very long time. Yeah. And I'll even throw Davion Taylor in there because he can't stay healthy, but the Eagles like him and he's very athletic. He's very physical. When he was out there, he, he seemed to start to be getting it as a raw prospect. When is the last time you've seen the Eagles have options at linebacker? Yeah. John? It's really great. I mean, I think you might have to go back to the to the two thousand two, three, four era where you had Trotter and you had uh, you had Ike uh, uh, and you had um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on a couple of these guys now, but you had a good you had a good group there. And you go back to the Buddy Ryan days when you had Byron Evans and you had Seth Joyner and those guys. I mean, that's to me that's when I think about the halcyon days of Eagles linebackers. That's what I go back to. I, I go back to that group where you know 
create the way they would blitz the quarterback, but be able to to make plays in the in the in the middle of the field and uh, get turnovers and and scare the living daylights out of people. Um, I think this unit has a chance to be as good as some of those Buddy Ryan linebacker units, and I love linebackers. I it's my it's I think it's my favorite position on the field on defense. Because you can do so much, you you can blitz, you can you can play back. They make a ton of tackles. I think the Eagles have underrated the importance of linebackers and overrated how much they how much importance the defensive line is supposed to have. I, I think I think it's swayed too much in one direction and over the other. And I'm glad there's now it seems to be a little bit more of a balance right now. I had I think the linebacker group is much is much better than the defensive line group. All right, with the risk of repeating myself. And that's pretty much exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> your buddy BLG ranked the top two safeties in the NFC East. And he had Xavier McKinney of the Giants, number one. And he really did have a pretty good year last year. Mm-hmm. And I think he's only going to get better. So I, I like that selection. And his second safety is Jaquiski Tart of the Philadelphia Eagles. Much like at linebacker. I don't think he's the second best safety on the Eagles, let alone the second best safety on the in the NFC East. Are you on the Jaquiski Tart bandwagon? I, you know, it was an interesting pickup. I'm not. I, I think he's a he's got a chance to start for this team. I mean, I, I think there's a reason they've been talking up Marcus Epps all offseason, and then they go out and they sign Tart. So, uh, I think he's a good player. I think he'll be a good player for this team. I, I think sometimes when it, when there's a new guy, we can get overly excited about a new guy and oh, yeah. uh, and pump him up a little bit more than than maybe uh, is 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 worthy. Um, yeah, I mean Anthony Harris right now, I would have over Tart for sure. Um, I think I certainly think uh, Tart's better than than way better than Kevon Wallace. So I'm just I'm really disappointed in him as a player. I thought he was going to be good when they when they drafted him. Uh, it, it's it, do we even know that Tart's going to start over Epps at this point? I mean, no. I think that's one of the I, training I, camp I, battles. If I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm betting on if Chiquisky Tart uh, does start, it will be for Anthony Harris. It will not be for Marcus Epps. Mm. I think the Eagles want to get Marcus Epps on the field. They want to get some youth and some. Now he might crap the bed in training camp and these joint practices and that could change. But I think that's the plan to get some youth out there because Marcus can at least run and he can do some things and he proved to be somewhat of a playmaker. And, and, and we'll see if 45% of the snaps can turn into 95% of the snaps and he can hold up. I think that's the hope, but also John, you have to realize they tried to sign Marcus Williams. Right. And so I guess I'll leave it there with you and follow John at John stolen stolenness on Twitter. You can read them at bleeding green nation, read them at, at the good fight for your Phillies news as they make a run towards the playoffs. Um, when it comes to Jesse Bates, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of, of talk. The Eagles don't have the room for him right now. Um, but a lot of fans, you know how fans are. They want to give everything they don't like, to Cincinnati for everything they do like. <laughs> so they want to send Andre Dillard and Rager yeah. and Barnett. It's um, a package. It's a package yeah. deal. They, everybody loves a good package deal. Yeah. And put you Quinky Tart in, despite right. the fact that yeah. Brandon Lee Gowden's got him second best yeah. safety in the NFC East. That's right. That's right. Any chance Jesse Bates in Philadelphia? I, I think the I think you laid out the reasons why that the chances are probably um, better than not 
that he would come to Philadelphia than they are that he would come to Philadelphia. Um, everybody looks at Howie Roseman loving to make trades and thinking, oh, okay, well, he he loves to make trades, loves to make a splash, and that's all true. He, he does love to do that. But um, I do think they went out and they got tart for a reason. Uh, and I think that they, I, I don't think that they feel like they have to spend big money in every single position group. And so I think they look at their trio of cornerbacks and, and they, they, they feel good about the coverage that they're going to get from those guys. And so they maybe don't need to go out and get Jesse Bates. I don't really feel a pressing need to go out and get him. I, I would like to see what, what Tart and Epps have to do. If they get him great, um, I, you've, you've got to make some room on the roster. And, and I think they need to clear some cap room too, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. yeah so they it's, have to, yeah. so they'd have to make a couple of, uh, they'd have to subtract from someplace in order to make that happen. And, and, you know, you know, Andre Dillard has some value, so maybe you can move him and, and clear some space there. I don't know how much space you get. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, there, there's probably a move to be made there. Uh, but you're right. You're not trading a bunch of your 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 flotsam to the Bengals in order to bring in a guy who, you know, is on the franchise tag. And uh, yeah, then you got to sign him long term. Yeah. And so. You know, Which you can't do? do, by the way. You can't yeah. do until next year. So. Right. So uh, I don't. I don't see it. Um, I'll be happy if it happens, but yeah, I think the odds are better than not. It doesn't. All right, John. Last one for me, and uh, you should check out John's podcast. I on the enemy. You bird fans out there will enjoy it greatly. All right, uh, we're going to have you on again before the season starts, so I might have to repeat this question, but I'm going to ask it today anyway. All right. Week one at the Detroit Lions. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, and I like the Lions this year. I, I think they're going to be improved. Um, I, I think it's a good place for them to start, though. I, I think it might take a little while for the Lions to kind of get their feet under them to kind of, you know, know what they have. I mean, um, I think it could be a situation. Jared Goff is still the starter there, right? I mean, yeah. he's yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that, yeah. I think that could be a good a good opening week for the yeah. Eagles defense to to pin their ears back and and go after a guy who is who has slipped big time since since that Super Bowl season. Um, and I think it might take the Lions just a little bit of time to find themselves. So for me, I think that's a good spot for them. I. I would rather them go in there than say start off the season in Tampa or start off the season even in Dallas or something like that uh, against a, against a Detroit team that I think will be improved but not one of the upper echelon teams in the NFC. Johnny, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on. And uh, did your phone ring with BLG getting on your case? <laughs> no, I, we'll talk. I, we'll I, talk in the Slack channel a little later. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I put you in a tough spot. By there. the way, did yeah, Landon Collins get signed? I didn't even know Landon Collins was signed. PLG yeah, had Landon Collins as the honorable mention at safety. I thought no. he was how I thought he was a free I agent. Still, I could be wrong. I think he's the, isn't he still a free agent? Yeah, I, I don't think, think he signed. I think. Um, so yell at PLG for that too. Is yeah, I'll be feel sure, free I'll be to sure give too. him a hard time. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Johnny, good stuff. Thanks, buddy. And we will get you back on a couple weeks down the road. You bet. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, yeah. John Stolness here with us on Birds 365. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. Good one next hour as well. Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philly. They had the final number one entry to their 25 most important Eagles. A little different than what John and uh, uh, Eddie Kratz did on uh, SI, which was the best football players, top 25 best football players. They went important on NBC Sports Philly. Uh, that's something we'll discuss with Dave Zingaro. Still 20 minutes away. Don't even think about touching that dial here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. 
go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Number two of Birds 365 on a football Friday with the Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Um, thank John Stoltenis for hopping on board. I'm sorry to put him in a... Uh... This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Weird position with BLG coming up. Ah, BLG's a brand. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't... BLG is whack. Now, wait a minute. He's a friend of mine. He's been loyal to me. He's come here on with us on Birds 365. He comes on WIP. Whenever I ask him, he's like one of my favorite people on the planet. The hell is he thinking about... Jaquiski Tart as the second best safety in the NFC East. He doesn't like the safeties in the NFC East. I, I you know, his honorable mention. What's wrong Jim, with FC? But yeah, I'm with you. I, I, well, all right. I'm going to defend BLG. If I mean, Tart. Try. Tart has started a lot of games in this league. I think it was 63 with a really good defense, by the way. Um in San Francisco, at least at times. Um, he's a lot more proven than than Marcus Epps. Marcus Epps is mainly projection. Like, J. Ron Curse had a good year. He had him as an honorable mention with Dallas last season. You know, I do think age comes into it with, with Chikwiski Tart. It is what it is contract-wise. You know, San Francisco gives him the better minimum. He's got a chance to make a little bit more this year. I mean... The, the league is telling you what they think about Chikoski uh, uh, Tart. Yeah, I mean, so, but from a proven standpoint, he's proven more than those guys. So I guess that's the route BLG took. My, that's my guess. Obviously, I can only speculate. I guess he's going with the proven option. Okay. But then, but then, you know, Blake Martinez with the Giants. I mean, that's a good football player. He's like one of the leading tackling guys. Now he's coming off an injury. Coming off an injury. Yeah, but he's a really good player. Really good player, linebacker. If he's healthy, and we'll see how he how he uh, bounces back. Um, So you know, everybody's got their opinion. And he's got Kaiser White in front of your guy, T.J. Edwards. Do you say he's the most underrated player on the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got everybody's got their opinions, Jody. I got mine. People aren't liking him today. Um, TJ, I and think I love to... most of the time. I love BLGs. I think he's whack today. Yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't agree with those opinions, but no, I understand get... uh, the the proven nature of going Jaquiski Tart over Marcus Epps, at least. Well, then, but if you're going proven nature, you got to put uh, Blake Martinez at it, Kaiser White. So he goes back and forth between the two stances. All right, we'll get BLG on next week and let him attempt to defend himself. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks and uh, with the new signing of Ky- uh, Kyler Murray of the Cardinals, just looking at where Jalen Hurts is going to fill in on how much it's going to cost if the Eagles are going to uh, commit to him going forward as an ex quarterback can't do anything till after the year's over. But if we're projecting a little bit, uh, and John is scared, uh, spitless that, uh, 
the money. Now, I got they're... a dog. I'm not scared, but okay. Uh, I, I'm trying to. Here's. I'll. I'll try to say it this way, Jody. I'm trying to think of a path where I would pay Jalen Hurts 35 million, and I can't find that path. I could, That's my concern. That's my personal concern. I'm not saying the Eagles aren't open-minded. I'm not saying they've made a decision, although I think they've shown their leanings by, you know, snipping around Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I think they understand they have to get better. I think they'll be in a very similar situation next year as they were this year. They will try to get better. Maybe they can't get better, and maybe Jalen Hurts is back. But I'm trying to find the path. I, I say the same thing with Miles Sanders in a contract extension when I say that. Like, how, how does he get a contract extension? How do you get Jalen Hurts to be worth $35 million? I can't. We just talked. You know, John Stolness, talking the Lions, right? Jared Goff made the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo made a Super Bowl, almost got back to a second Super Bowl. I'm not saying you can't be successful and make a Super Bowl, but I don't want to pay those guys either. And I think I'm right on that one. I think everyone would agree with me that they don't want to pay Jimmy Garoppolo and they don't want to pay Jared Goff. And I think if you do, and and teams did, they're making mistakes. Um how do you get a path to $35 million? Forget about 45. I mean, that's that ain't happening. 35, Kirk Cousins range. How do you get there? I can't get there, Jody. Fair enough. All right. So let me see if I can characterize your position. Uh, if you, you'll sign off on this, if this is the way I would characterize uh, what you've been saying as of today. The Eagles right now, and it can shortly change, but right now, as we sit here today, you believe they're in an untenable position. Could you use that word to describe it? Um, uh, I, I, I would say they're in a very, very difficult position. Um, I, uh, is it untenable? No, nothing's untenable. They proved okay. that with Carson Wentz. You can just That's... eat money and and. But yes, it's very difficult. If it's... you want to use the word difficult, if that fits better in your eyes, they're your words. So I'm going to let you choose whatever word you want. Difficult works for me. Who's to blame? Um, they they misevaluated Carson Wentz. Uh, um, you know when you misevaluate at the quarterback position, it has a devastating effect because they've already been in it. We, we, you know, the numbers have only gone up now. Now Carson Wentz's extension looks quaint. Now at the time it was the most money ever given to an NFL player. Um, that's how quickly things go up and up and up at the time. In fact, I remember when he signed the extension, and people were going nuts about that. I said, this is going to be a really, really cost-effective deal very, very quickly, and it turned out to be right. However, the player failed, right? so it doesn't matter. So that means it turned out to be wrong. Yes. Your position of it could be cost-effective was right. Then you have the result, and you say whether it was or wasn't cost-effective. No, it was costly. It was $33 million dead cap hit costly. Which is what I said. When you misevaluate players, that's where you the mistake comes in. If they didn't misevaluate Carson Wentz and he turned into what they thought he was going to be, 
everything would be hunky-dory. Everything would be great, um, but they misevaluated the player. So once you do that, they went all in. They put all their eggs in the Carson Wentz basket. People don't realize that. There's revisionist history since because of what went down. No, the Eagles didn't plan on Jalen Hurts starting. They never wanted Jalen Hurts to be a starter. They drafted him to be a cost-effective backup for four years, and then they were going to do the old Eagles magic and try to spin him off for a, a second round or hopefully a first round pick if he played well in the preseason or he played well in the game here or the game there. But they were forced to play him and throw him in. So it all the crux of the entire issue goes back to misevaluating Carson Wentz. And and it's a perfect example, but people are living in it. Like 10 years from now, Jody, we'll still be doing birds 365. And we'll look back at this entire thing and say, wow, that really screwed up the Eagles for this time. And they're they're trying to get back to where they think they have a franchise quarterback. All right. They're so not there yet. I, I guess I need to tighten up my question because uh, you answered it, but you didn't answer it the way I wanted you to. <laughs> um, I rarely do. I, I asked you who's to blame. I oh, guess who's to blame I need for missing a comma individually comma into my question it's the overall eagle organization you're right the way you answered it was perfectly fine i didn't ask the question correctly who is the number one individual to blame for the philadelphia eagles being in the quarterback position slash conundrum that they're in right now um, I, I personally think it's Carson Wentz, but you have to give it to, uh, Howie Roseman from a, from a fan's perspective. It's Howie's, it's Howie's job. I, I, I think Carson Wentz, uh, to me is, is to blame because he stopped, he stopped doing what he was doing that made him successful. Um, you know, he came in as a very raw player. Uh, he had a taskmaster as a position coach and John DiPolippo, who he did not like, but John was a hard ass and he forced him to get his mechanics better. And he went out and worked with Tom House and Adam Daydu. Same thing Jalen Hurts did this year. And he got better. And that was before the Super Bowl season. And then he stopped doing it. Now, partially because of injuries um, originally, and he had a number of injuries, then the pandemic hit. And then his mechanics scaled back. But, I mean, ultimately, the Eagles have to see what's going on. So, ultimately, they have to make that decision, say, this is not going in a positive direction. So, I mean, Howie Roseman is to blame. He's always to blame. I mean, if a player, he's it's his watch. So, I mean, he misevaluated the player. The organization misevaluated the player. And that's Howie Roseman first and foremost. All right. This will not be popular, but I'll give you my three guys in reverse order. Number three would be Carson Wentz. You can't, you just can't discount the injuries. Do I think Carson Wentz showed his true character here over time when the going got tough? Carson got the hell out of Doc. I don't like Carson Wentz a little bit, but when we're talking about what transpired over time here with the Philadelphia, you can't take the injuries out of it. It's the number one, I think, reason that things went badly here in Philadelphia. And he got the injuries trying to make plays for the Philadelphia. It wasn't like he 
got bit by a shark surfing when he should have been working out during the offseason to try and get better. No, he got hurt on the field to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's not his fault. So that's why I would put him no higher than number three. Number two is Howie Roseman. He moved up to get Carson. He, in uh, collusion with Jeff Lurie, decided to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League, and they misevaluated the player. So Howie's got to be – there's a big different distance for me between Carson and Howie Roseman. Number one is Doug Peterson. Because I think Doug Peterson should have pulled the plug on Carson Wentz, and I don't even know if he would have had the gravitas to do that. But I'm assuming he did. Uh, so let me ask you a question, and I'll finish my rundown. When Carson Wentz was replaced, that fateful night against the Green Bay Packers, do you think Doug, in, in, in game, it had to be Doug's call, when he made the decision to start Jalen Hurts the next week, do you think that was all Doug's call? Do you think Doug had to ask permission to do it? And wouldn't have done it if Howie Roseman left. Jeff Lurie didn't sign off on it. Do you think Howie and Jeff uh, had a call waiting for Doug when he showed up at his office on Monday morning? And said, Please come to the office. And they dictated terms. How do you think that went down when Carson went? Well, it, they always call him and they always had those meetings. Uh, they were a little bit overblown. Jeffrey Lurie would have his Tuesday m- meeting with 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 Doug Peterson, so I'm sure the questions were asked, but no, it was Doug's decision, um, and he probably stayed a little bit too long with Cart. He was very loyal to him, uh, which is ironic because Carson stopped talking to him. But yeah, he he stuck with him longer than he should have. But you know, I when you're the head coach and you've had success with with that type of quarterback. And understand, you know, Jalen was a rookie and Jalen wasn't prepared, as you saw at the end of that season. So it wasn't like it was going to get better, um, you know, just throwing a a young quarterback into that disaster of a team. Uh, But the Eagles had to do it. Um, You know, he benched himself, but Doug didn't want to bench him. I don't I don't blame Doug. I I just don't. I mean, yeah, I do. I I. If, if he had pulled the plug earlier, we would have gotten more of a look at Jalen Hurts and we would have had a better read going into last season and maybe the Eagles are more motivated. Maybe they are more driven to get another quarterback or to go in another direction if Jalen Hurts isn't good enough. Or maybe Jalen Hurts would have benefited from playing more the previous season and been better this year and we feel better about him. It's on Dougie P. He's the number one reason that the Eagles are in the untenable. But I, I, I don't think it was that close at the time. You know, people, again, I think there's a lot of revisionist history. I mean, it was like Carson and, and Jalen, you know, was down here. There wasn't even a, a thought of, of, of that Jalen Hurts could potentially play. Now, Carson took it the wrong way. But from the organization standpoint, there was never, oh, you know, they, they just got him because Carson was always hurt. That's it. Um, and they would need somebody to throw in there with some talent if, if they had to win a playoff game, not a 42-year-old guy with a torn hamstring. I mean, that, 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 that's why they brought him in. So it was never really that close. And, you know, as a head coach, you're trying to right the ship with the guy you think is going to be the long-term quarterback. And Doug's assuming he's going to be the coach. 
and Doug's assuming you're going to get out of that terrible season and Carson Wentz is going to recover and bounce back. That was the plan. That was the thought process. Um, and, you know, that's why I blame Carson uh, more than Doug. But, you know, Doug paid with his job. So Right. But you remember how bad Carson was in 2020. Oh, yeah. He was right? the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. No, then that's the reason why I'm going to put it on the, the the coach could have pulled the plug earlier on Carson Wentz and he did. And this is, of course, all speculation as to what Jalen Hurts would or wouldn't have done, how the minds of the organization may have changed. But I would have liked to have seen more of it Jalen in 2020 hindsight, which is always a beautiful, perfect thing. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more Jalen Hurts because we also know in 2020 hindsight, Carson Carson Wentz was not only gonna not gonna continue here, he was not gonna be able to cut it with the Indianapolis Colts, and he'll return to do a solid for the Philadelphia Eagles this yeah. year when he doesn't take the Washington Commanders. Anyway. Who do we have on? Somebody, uh, uh, Mosh Jeff Mosher, yesterday said right, Carson's got more talent than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So if it clicks, there we have. There's another guy. So when everybody's yelling at me. Yellett Mosher. Yellett stole this, by the way. John's playing politician, and he ranked, as I said, the Eagles' uh, um, positions. He's got safety last. Who's second to last? Quarterbacks. And it's not Gardner. Gardner's a good backup. It's second to last in the, just in the division. No, he's ranking the Eagles' positional rankings. Um, so, you know, offensive line is first. Um, so he's, he's, he's ranking the groups on the Eagles and offensive line was first safety was last second to last was quarterbacks because of would, would you not agree with that? Oh no, I agree with it. But everybody, everybody, everybody seems to be getting mad at me for pointing out that you have to comp the group to the rest of the national football league. And no. The groups, he's comping the groups of the Eagles. In other words, offensive line is the strongest position on the Eagles. And then comes, I think he had, he had right, defense. Right, but how, how, do you, how do you come to that, that, that that's their best group? By comparing the Eagles to other teams' offensive lines. Oh, well, sure, that's part of it. But they're really talented on the offensive line. They're not really talented at quarterback. They're not really talented at safety. That's my point. Now, they got a good backup quarterback. If you were just comping backup quarterbacks to the rest of the league, Gardner Minshew would probably be top five, top ten at worst. I would argue top five as a backup quarterback. So he's not the one bringing you down when you're talking about a positional group Maybe Carson Strong is as a third string quarterback, but I don't know where this sort of uh, hedging, hemming and hawing is that this player is not a $35 million a year player. I don't know where that path is, Jody. That's yeah. what I'm trying to find. Yeah, I, I can't find that path. I don't think backup quarterback moves the needle. Uh, I would tell you Chad Henney sucks 
but I'm still going to put the Kansas City Chiefs in my top two or three quarterbacks in the league because they've got a guy named Mahomes. Well, that's you have to point, believe he's going to play 95% of the stats. Now. But that's my point. He's dragging it down. That's exactly my point. Nobody's paying attention no. that the backup quarterback is top five. That's exactly my point. That's why the, the, Jalen is dragging the position down, not Gardner. That's my point. See, now you're a glass half empty guy. I'm going to be a glass half full guy. That's how good the rest of the Eagles roster is. That it has pushed their quarterback down to the second position group. Which, by the way, we're talking about uh, six groups here. Is that it? So out of the six, it's number five. It's not like we're talking 27. We got got, got D-line, O-line, linebackers. We got Say, quarterbacks, uh, running backs, receivers. Are they uh, split line, cornerbacks and safeties? Yeah, defensive line, yeah, okay. corner safety. All right, then so there's yeah. a couple different groups. Yeah. Um, would you put quarterback behind running back? Yes. Miles is a good player. Not great, but he's a good player. He's a good player. I think he's – I've gone on, on this pendulum, and we got to get Dave. We got to get a break. We got to get Dave's, Dave's in the green up, Yes. I, um, I think let me, Miles let me has gone from overrated to underrated Well, amongst the Eagles fans. Fair enough. Do me a favor. If if you have it handy, I don't know if you have it handy, the Madden ratings. Where does Sanders rank? Where does Hertz rank? Well, I definitely don't have those handy because I okay. could care. Maybe we'll ask him go. He's in, the, he's in the waiting room, so he's going to pop yeah. up next. He's probably got him in. He's Dave Zingaro. He knows his shit. Yeah. All right. Jody McDonald, John McMullen, here with you on Birds 365. <laughs> Quick timeout. We'll come back talk to Dave Zingaro of NBC Sports Philly. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Let's hear the crowd. Go to the right, go to the left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. 
She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Oh, I saw on my TV this morning as I was getting ready for Birds 365, watching him put his number one atop his list. Number one. Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, no great shock that Jalen Hurts yeah. is the guy because the quarterback is the guy pretty much with 32 of 32 teams around the National Football League. When you started your list, David, it was very well done, by the way. Thank you very much for sharing with all of us. Do you just write Jalen Hurts in and then figure figure everybody else out? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's going to be the quarterback. On, yeah. yeah, maybe if you're the Tennessee Titans, you can say, all right, Derrick Henry gets that top spot. But there aren't many teams where it's not going to be the quarterback. Um, I'm trying to think around the league if there. You could argue Aaron Donald in in L.A. Still the quarterback. Still, still the quarterback. Really yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's the quarterback. Um, yeah. And it look, Jalen's the most fascinating storyline of this team. Because it's you look around him and the roster on paper looks pretty good, but so yeah. much of it just comes down to whether or not he takes a step forward and how big that step's going to be. And I'm I'm excited to find out. So number one is number one, and he should be Dave um, on a list of mo- most important Eagles. So I've gotten myself in trouble as I usually do this morning. Boy, I saw that Kyler Murray contract and I just went, <laughs> oh my god. I, I mean, look, there's still time. I mean, Jalen's not even eligible for an extension yet until after the season. But I try to think in my mind of a path, how he gets. If he plays like he did last season, we're not talking Kyler Murray money, but we're talking $35, $40 million, and it's only going up. Yeah, the, the quarterback contracts have – just gotten out of hand and in our minds i still think like the fan base in in nfl in general hasn't like caught up with where these contracts are because you think about like all right what's the top quarterback making i think everyone goes oh 25 mil right no there's no right now there's three quarterbacks in the 20s there's five quarterbacks in the 30s with kyler now there are eight quarterbacks getting over 40 million dollars a year so um yeah it's I think he, he's clearly going to be in the 30s, even if he doesn't improve. If he plays a season he That's had last I mean. year. Yeah. Because we figure Kyler's what? Like, I don't think Kyler's a top 10 quarterback. He's probably. Do I. I think that, he's really good. But that's he's the good. one. And I said, that one startled me. That one shook me. And I'm like, well, he's good. 
Jalen's probably not going to be as good as him, and he's yeah, not you good get, enough. Teams get so like you look at the Cardinals, and you, they're in this spot where they have a good young quarterback. He's not great, and they're kind of forced to pay for projection. That's a scary place to be because say Kyler doesn't put himself in that elite tier and you're paying him elite money, it really hamstrings you. Uh, but if you're the Cardinals, you can't like move no. on from him. So <laughs> you got to pay that guy. That's why I told Jody, I said, you have to pay him. But yeah, I sit I, look, there... the, the Eagles aren't in that situation yet. Yeah. But if Jalen really takes a step forward this year, they're going to be in that situation where they're going to say, all right, we have this young guy. Are we willing to throw it away to start over? I, it 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 just adds another layer to the yeah. biggest question surrounding this team. And he's gonna get paid. He just is. That's the way this league works. No, whether I, he deserves they, it or not. Dave, let me run this one by, and it's probably not a fair question, but I'm real good at asking unfair questions. <laughs> um, understood that in making a determination. Jalen Hurts, has he improved? And if so, how much uh, is in beauty in the eye of the beholder? <clears throat> but in this analytical sports world in which we live now, everybody wants some number to tie something to to defend that decision that he is this guy, he is improved. No, he's not the guy. We're not going down that road. We're listening to John McMullen. We're already doing the tape work on the draftable quarterbacks of the first round for next year. What's the category? I know there are 12 categories that you can look at, but what's the top one? What is yeah. the one that Dave Zingaro will zero in on and say, I need to see improvement in this category? He has to go from point A to point B in this category. Uh, not not hard and fast, but what category do sure. you put? I what does he have to show first? Yeah, I don't think it's sometimes the number can be a little misleading, but it's accuracy. And it's not just, what was he, 61.3 last year? It's not just saying, all right, he has to be 65%. I, I don't think that's giving credit to what that category means enough. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that number has to improve. But it also, like, accuracy to me doesn't just mean completing a pass. It, it You know, if there's a 10-yard a slant, he has to hit the receiver in stride. You throw the ball behind the receiver, he might catch it. It might be a nine-yard gain. You throw him open a little bit, and you you throw with anticipation. It becomes a 25-yard gain. That's how you win and lose games in this league at that position. So uh, accuracy is the most important thing he needs to improve. And it, I don't think the numbers themselves will bear that out, but they'll help us kind of understand the framework of whether or not he's improved there, if that makes sense. But accuracy to me is the one area every quarterback needs to get better at. You know, if, if there's, yeah. a, you, yeah. every, even if you're 80%, you want it to be at 85, you just want to improve that accuracy and the numbers don't always bear that out, but I, he has some other areas to improve, but that will be at the top of the list for me. Yeah. Nick says he's got those four traits. He evaluates with quarterbacks, accuracy, decision-making arm strength, and then movement skills. Um, they check the box obviously with movement skills and then check the box with uh, arm strength, even though some people still don't agree. The Eagles. So I think, the... so let me, let me, I yeah. think the accuracy and I'm putting it under the accuracy umbrella, the, the throwing with anticipation yeah. Oh, yeah. Because 
I think too late at times. Yeah, yeah, I I think he has the arm strength, but sometimes it looks like he doesn't because the ball is a half second late. Yeah, and that can mean a world of difference. Yeah, especially on the deep ball. Yeah, he's often and I I think one of his and that comes to decision making as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of times he doesn't trust what he sees at this point of his career, and that's why you see those passing charts. And I always joke they could be sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts because they got the big hole in the middle. <laughs> he never throws the ball in the middle of the field. Um, so all the stuff has to improve. And it, it might improve. It can improve. It probably will improve. Um, soft schedule. So let's talk about the coaching staff, the guys who got to get Jalen Hurts and got to improve, uh, Dave. Same group, which is, I think, you know, the continuity is is a positive. Um change in play caller. Um, do we overrate that as, as media, as fans, when it comes to play calling, or is it because Nick was very, you know, you know, this is my offense. If Dave Zangaro calls the plays, it's going to be the exact same if I call the plays. That's how the attention to detail is. Do we overrate that kind of play calling stuff? I see it rolling in your eyes. So. I, I, see, I don't know where we are now because I think it's kind of been a roller coaster of how we rate that specific job duty. I think in the beginning when you hear Shane Sykins calling the plays, everyone goes, oh, he's calling the plays. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And then it Nick tries to say, well, it, it, Nick plays it off like it almost means nothing, which isn't yeah. true either. I mean, that yeah. it certainly matters who's picking which individual play gets – called into the quarterback i think it's somewhere in between there right? because nick does have a good point like um if if they are in lockstep as much as he says they are then a lot of the work is done during the week it's done in situational pre- preparedness like knowing all right if we're in a backed up situation it's third and three whatever the exact situation is then the the menu gets a lot shorter right they you're basically picking from these X amount of plays instead of the whole playbook in that situation. Um, but it absolutely matters who's calling the plays in. If it didn't matter, they wouldn't have made the change. Right. So in his, in his attempt to kind of minimize that role, you can't lose sight of the fact that they did it for a reason. Yeah. And I don't think the reason was Nick wanting to have more time with his defense. I think that was a byproduct of it. Like all these other things he has to, to handle he gets the time for it. that's a byproduct the reason they made the switch was because they thought they weren't being effective enough on offense you don't make that switch for another reason if it's working you know they made the switch because they thought we can get more out of the offense with shane calling the plays and that's why they did it so um long-winded way of saying i don't know where people rate it to call it underrated or overrated but it's probably in the middle of, of those two uh, and what does it say about the relationship between Sirianni? And Steichen, that X amount of games, probably six or seven, I uh, don't know the exact moment that the light bulb went over Coach Sirianni's head and said, oh, shoot, I'm not doing a good enough job here. I got to get somebody else to do this for me. Uh, but you got to have some pretty good faith in the guy you're handing that responsibility off to, don't you? One oh, yeah. quarter into the first year you're ever head coach in the NFL going, all right, I can't get this done here. Take this. Yeah, especially because when the Eagles hired him, they they expected him to call plays. So yeah. I, yeah. I actually I do give him a ton of credit, Nick Sirianni, for not having an ego get in the way because yep. this is such an ego driven business. 
and and I don't want to like make it seem like I'm ragging on Doug Peterson. He would no no chance he ever gives up play calling. He loves it too much, and he he believes he can call the best game. So um, I I give Nick Sirianni a ton of credit for realizing that it wasn't working and and making that switch because I. I really don't think a lot of coaches would do it, especially not no. a lot of young coaches. Yeah. Like he's a rookie coach who was already in a situation where people didn't believe in him. There was literally one team that wanted to hire him and they hired him. It's not like he had other opportunities. It's not like he was Andy Reed giving it over to Marty Morningwagon year 10, you know, he's not established. So it makes it even more impressive to me that he said, all right, this isn't working. We got to, we got to try to do what's best for the team. Uh, I actually asked him about the ego part of it, and he said, you know, it, it can't play a role. It just can if we're going to be successful. So uh, give him credit. I don't know what it means long term because they, they yeah. hired this guy long, that, that's as the where... offensive coach, and they expected him to call plays. And I don't know, like, yeah, how long is the leash on Shane Steichen if it doesn't work? Yeah, because the expectations, Dave, are through the roof now. So, mm-hmm. you know – Long term, as you mentioned, the Eagles hired them to call the plays. They will use that against them in the future if things come off the rails. I yeah, mean, I, I give, yeah, I yeah. give, I give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit. Jody knows I'm, I'm a big fan of CEO coaches. I never understood sort of the super offensive coordinator. If you're the head coach, you know, get involved. If there's a problem on defense, special teams, get involved. You're the head coach. So I give him a lot of credit for being a young coach, as you said, to be able to do that. But we know Jeffrey Lurie, um, you know. What's Graham Harrell up to these days? Exactly. If <laughs> You know, you had a Super Bowl winning coach and, you know, he loses Frank and John, they get better jobs. But the expectations were there. The Eagles were going in trying to win. All of a sudden, you know, you got a scapegoat. Give me Mike Groh. Give me Press Taylor this that give me Carson Walsh um the expectations create a different environment and if the Eagles don't live up to them will they be looking for the scapegoats again yeah I mean it's first off you mentioned it earlier John but them bringing back the same staff even when you have a successful year is just so rare it's very extremely rare so uh yeah i yeah, if they have a bad season, people are going to get fired. That's just yeah. – that's the way it works. They'll, I mean, someone – at least the position coach level will be out, probably a few people. Uh, it, it'll depend on – there's a chance Jalen Hurts could end up being a scapegoat if he doesn't play well. And they say, well, we got to get a new quarterback. I, there are a lot of different scenarios. Um, things would have to really unravel for it to be the head coach, I think. No, but the clock would start. Don't you think? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, the clock, I'm honestly, the clock starts the minute yeah. they get hired in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, well, you get a little honeymoon. They weren't going to fire little bit. It, it, Some people talked about it, though, at two and five. There were questions about it because yeah. there was, look, there was a moment where you thought, is he a little overwhelmed by this? Yeah. And it wasn't a crazy question to ask at the time. He wasn't, you know, we, we saw that, obviously, and and he, with the way they finished last year, he bought himself time. Um, but th- <laughs> there's only so much time in this league the way it runs, and professional sports now the way everything runs. So yeah, um, 
yeah, the expectations change a lot. They just do. And it, it makes it a lot tougher. They're not surprised anyone this year. There's not. Uh, they've, uh, I've already misquoted my partner, John McMullen, a couple times today, and he's <laughs> corrected me. So he'll probably have to do so again because I'm going to speak for him again. You put three linebackers on your top 25 list. At number 23, T.J. Edwards. At number 17, Kazir White. And at number 15, N'Kobe Dean. Now, basically, I know John and I are both going to disagree with you on this, but probably John more so than me. I got no problems or issues with you putting N'Kobe Dean number one, as would I if I had made up the list the same way. Trying to judge and read the way that you did it, I think uh, I understand the way you did it, and I agree with the fact that N'Kobe Dean could be that important to the Eagles this year. Why Kaiser White over T.J. Edwards? Is it because you think – Nicobe Dean is going to take Edwards off the field more than Kaiser White because uh, I would have Edwards two and Kaiser White three out of those in the order that you put them in. I know John would have a different order than you do. Um, why'd you put the linebackers in the order you put them? Yeah, first of all, I really like TJ. Um, it, it wasn't a knock on him, but the way I look at it is I think the evolution here is going to be that Nicobe ends up being the top linebacker and they're going to play him have both Mike and Will. And and this is kind of the way I see it going. I think when he's in the middle, they'll have Kaiser White as the weak side linebacker. And when they're in kind of more run stuff situations, they'll have TJ Edwards as the middle linebacker. They'll have Nicobe Dean as the weak side. And the reason I think they kind of want to have one consistent linebacker is so that you can have the green dot and get the play calls in. And I, I know that's a lot to ask of a rookie when you're looking at Nicobe Dean to say, all right, here's the green dot. You got to play two positions. You got to kind of be one of the leaders of the defense. But I think he's probably up for it. And we'll find out if he's not. Uh, I think that would be a surprise to me, given everything we've learned about him, um, both before he got here and since he's been here. Uh, and I just think they'll be in situations more where the two linebackers on the field will be to stop the pass and you'll have Nicobe Dean and Kaiser white out there as opposed to um, TJ and Nicobe. But I still think TJ is going to play a, a pretty big role in this defense. Uh, he's earned that honestly, based on the way he played last year. Uh, people kind of forget about Davion Taylor because for the first time in years, the Eagles had depth at linebacker um, as you just mentioned. I get the sneaking feeling the Eagles like Davion Taylor more than people realize. Now, he's been hurt a lot, but when he was on the field last year, Dave, he, he showed he was starting to catch on. Obviously, he's very raw. He's very physical. Um, I thought he, he showed that. Obviously, he's a great athlete. Am I misreading that? Are people dismissing uh, Davion Taylor a little bit too much at this point? It's funny. I just, uh, this morning, my 10 defensive players I want to watch in training camp story went up and he was one of them. And you're right. He has kind of been forgotten. It was just such a shame. He got hurt last year because there's no one who could have used those reps more than Davion. It was frustrating because you saw him start to get it a little bit. He was in the right spot all of a sudden, you know, he was using his speed, but he was going the right way, which is always what you want to do. Uh, I think I might've told you guys, I had the, a joke that for a while Davion was their fastest linebacker to the wrong spot. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he started to get it a little bit last year and the, the playing time was 
showing it. Like he was, he was almost there. Uh, but now he is buried a little bit. I, I don't know. I guess the guy they take off the field is Kaiser White, um, and, and you can play him at that that will spot. But I, so we I, have that history with, and Kaiser got a little bit more money than the LJ Boards of the world and the Corey yeah. Nelsons and the Paul Warlows. So I don't think he's going to get cut. But we've been through this before when the Eagles bring in this one-year linebacker and he's going to be part of the defense and all of a sudden it goes in a really negative direction. Any chance of that or is Kaiser too good for that? The one thing that makes me question it a little bit is why the Chargers didn't re-sign him. The Chargers are a team that they're going for it. Like they are – they are all in. He didn't get that much money. He had 144 tackles last year. Brandon Staley says he loves him. And you're like, well, <laughs> you couldn't pony up $2 million to keep this yeah. guy. But yeah. It seems a little confusing to me. Um, but we also know Brandon Staley and Jonathan Gannon are close. So if there was some giant red flag, I don't know if the Eagles would have signed him. Uh, in the back of your mind, it's there. Because you, you mentioned the list and you had Eric Wilson to it last year. Yeah. And it's, it's a list of like, Guys you had heard of and you thought maybe they'll come here and be okay, <laughs> and they weren't. They were all pretty awful. Uh, give Paul Warlow a pass. He got hurt. Yeah. But the rest of them, yeah, just Zach Brown, too. Add him to the list. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Tullock? Where yeah. they throw him on the well, fire? Hey, yeah. Stephen Tullock yeah. lasted. Um, <laughs> natural leverage. That was what Jim yeah. Schwartz used to say, and I stole that line for myself. I have natural, <laughs> I'm not short. I have natural leverage. Um, yeah, I – in the back of my mind, it's there, but I think Kaiser is a better player than those guys. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, it, there's a fear there. Uh, the good news is they didn't spend a ton to get him, so it's not like they broke the bank for this guy, and if he doesn't work out – Well, that's part of it. They can move on pretty easily. That's part mm-hmm. of it as well. So Yeah. We'll see. Um, I, I still think he's going to be ahead of Davion at that spot, but I think in, in training camp we'll see some mixing and matching – at linebacker a lot i mean they did it last year too yeah. before they locked in on the starters they were really kind of using every different combination and i'd imagine they're going to do that again this year i think davion taylor will actually depict how much kaiser white plays more than kaiser white if davion is up to the challenge and that good and stays healthy and is a third round draft pick as compared to a somewhat on the cheap free agent signing that might uh, be needle for the Eagles. All right. I do want to ask you this. We were talking about right before we punched you up. If you're ranking the Eagles against the other 31 teams positionally around the National Football League, are their quarterbacks ranked higher or are their running backs ranked higher? You're comparing the birds to the 31 other teams and whoever populates those two positions, those groups. Where did the Eagles rank higher, a quarterback or running back? Uh, I, I heard some of that conversation. It's tough because the quarterback group, like how, how do you even include Gardner? Because he might yeah. not play. Whereas yeah, like, like the running back. The little 5% that he does get. That's what backup yeah, quarterback out for five out of 100%. He's a good backup, though. He's a very good backup. Be, yeah. But the problem is like all, all the running backs are going to play. Yeah. Uh, or at least those three are going to play at some point. I like Kenny Gainwell too. He's kind of been, he was the one guy when I did my top 25 most important that I wish I had a spot for. Uh, Cause I, I like him and I think he has a role in this team. I just couldn't find a, a spot for him. Um, they're probably pretty close. Uh, 
I'd probably give really it comes down to Jalen. I think Jalen's like what, like a high teens quarterback? You're talking like 17 yeah, to 20 17, in the league. 20. That's that's a good spot. Um, so maybe the where's my I think Miles is probably around there too. I know. The it's average is great, but he can't stay healthy. The other guy's probably bring, I'll go running back, but by hair. Because I think the other guys Madden put Jalen at 24. If okay. you go with the Madden rankings, no. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I don't give a yeah, I don't give a flying you know a, what about Madden, Madden rankings guy. Yeah, I I don't think any players are, which will they get way too upset about. They, yeah, it's fun though. They they play yeah. the game and then they yeah. see them. You know, um, Hassan Reddick got real fired up. He lost he? three points. He was he was he fired lost three up. points. Wow. Yeah, he, he had a good year last year. Yeah, he went from twelve and a half to eleven. It's very scientific. So he lost three points. Well, he did. Well, I will say what two years ago we had six force fumbles. He only had two last year. That's yeah. true. That could have played into it as well. I don't. I don't know if Madden's going that deep. I don't know how they do that. Yeah, I think they get uh, the expense a Pro Football Focus subscription. Move a couple names around. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. it doesn't matter. So might yeah, as well. it doesn't matter. Um, safety. Uh, I'll leave it there. Uh, Dave Zangaro, D Zangaro, NBCS. On Twitter, uh, uh, NBCSports.com. Uh, read them there. We kind of talked about linebacker. Same thing going on at safety now that uh, Chikoski Tart is here, Dave. Uh, you got three potential options Anthony Harris, uh, Marcus Epps. I get the feeling that you just want to get Marcus Epps on the field. So if Tart beats somebody out, I think he's going to beat out Anthony Harris. Is that how you see it, or is it any sort of amalgamation of the three? Yeah, I I kind of look back at what they did last year, and I think last year there were a few forces that led them to the rotation I ended up with. I think it was Rodney coming off the injury and then realizing he couldn't take the, the full, uh, full amount of reps. And also Marcus Epps kind of forced their hand a little bit last year because he was their best safety, and they thought, well, we got we to play this guy. Uh, I was a little surprised that they brought Anthony Harris back because I, I thought he was okay last year. And I understand Gannon has a familiarity with him, but I don't know. I didn't do much for me. So yeah, uh, I think it's probably going to be some sort of rotation, at least early in the year. And if they start the season, then they go, all right, well, these two guys are clearly our best bet. I think they would go to it. I went back and watched some of Tart, by the way. There's a lot to like there. Um, I don't think he's a great player, but he'll at least help them depth wise because. What do you they... make of that though? Because he went back, he started a lot of games on a very good defense Tart, mm-hmm. Um, You know, they made a Super Bowl. They almost got back to a Super Bowl. He's been a starter 60 some odd games. Yeah. Um, he got a one year deal from them at the veteran minimum. He got a one year deal now near the veteran minimum. Why if he's, that's successful. What 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 are people around the league missing with a guy who started 60 games for a good defense? Yeah, I think he's just good. And if you're just a good player, I think you'd rather go younger. He's been in the league seven years now. So, you know, if you can get a, a rookie to do the same job, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, Eagles don't have that. They don't have any young players to fill that role. I it was a, Kayvon Wallace to me has been a disappointment. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really, I, when they made that pick, I thought this guy in the fourth row, like we all watched him play at Clemson. And I thought this guy can play. 
I think health has played a role in that. He hasn't even last year they tried to get him on the field before Marcus Epps even, and he got hurt. Um, so maybe there's something there. I I understand why they can't rely on that because he's entering what year four now. Yeah, yeah. And we just haven't seen it from him. So um, I think it'll be I a combination. It's Kayvon year. Epsy's in a contract year. Uh, oh, so maybe Kayvon's year three. Yeah, Kayvon's yeah, year three. Kayvon's year three. Yeah. yeah. Um, and by the way, Dave, if you're wondering why the Chargers let uh, Kazir White walk out the door, I'm wondering why the 49ers let Jakiski Tart walk out the door. And oh, by the way, San Francisco's defense is better than the Chargers defense. So uh, they've done a better job at putting together a good defense the last couple of years with their coaching staff. That's why I'm not as sold on Jaquiski Tart as some others are. All right, last thing, and I asked this question. Who'd we have on yesterday? I asked this too. Oh, uh, Jeff Mosher. When you get your grass time next week, who's the one guy you're going to make sure that you're not standing next to? You, you need at least a one person, if not two person buffer, because either they're going to talk your ear off or they haven't showered recently enough, or for whatever reason, you're going to make sure. Yeah, I'm going to be a couple uh, people down. Did Mosher answer this question? Oh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> he did. He got, well, he said, I just make sure I'm not next to either John Clark or BLG because they're too big. They're and too tall. My no, they make them look small. Yeah. yeah. That's they're good. too tall. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough question. You can't. You can't. Uh... I, I mean, trust me. I have an answer, but I won't. I won't tell you. <laughs> that's it. You're done. Very good. As long as we know, you know. That's all we need yeah. to know. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to get a comp. Now I'm going to get a complex when Dave runs twenty yards. <laughs> I see you, John. I'm going to start walking over the other field. <laughs> he di- he didn't wink, John. So I think you're safe. Uh, Dave, always a pleasure. You did a great job with the list. We got a lot of uh, talk out of it here on Birds 365. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on with us today. We're surely going to have you on before the season gets underway. All right. Take care. That is Dave Zangaro of NBC Sports Philly. Nah, he wasn't. He wasn't looking at you, McMullen. I don't think you have to sweat that (laughs) one. You better not sweat that one or people may be be winking at you before the season starts. Well, hopefully it's going to cool off a little bit. I haven't checked the weather, but uh, it's been been a hot one. We got lucky that training camp didn't start this week. Well, you'll be out there. It's not like it's going to d- drip down to the 70s on you next yeah. week. It'll be I'll take enough. 10 degrees less, though. I'll take that. Understood. All right. McMullen and McDonald coming back. We need to put a bow on the show. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Uh, running out of time on a football Friday here on Birds 365. John, you mentioned to me right before uh, the show started today. The Friday news dump. Yeah, today's the day. I'm predicting it, Jody. It's coming today. All right. That's my prediction. What, what will the Friday news dump be? Eight games to Sean Watson. You think that's what's going to happen? All right, no. so then you know what the next question's going to be. Will it be appealed? No. NFL's going to eat it at eight. NFL's going to lean on, well, uh, independent uh, arbiter Sue Robinson. It's her decision. Eight's enough. I think they would suspend if it's two. If it's less, if it's four, I think they might might appeal. Um, Eight, I think, would be a comfortable. In fact, I think that's what's taken so long. I think... um, Sue Robinson she, she's was giving, negotiating with Roger Goodell right now as to no, what he would was be hoping, comfortable with so that they wouldn't appeal. No, she was hoping the NFL PA was would negotiate with Roger Goodell and come to a uh, uh, agreement. Um, ultimately, I think it's going to be eight games. And I think I think there's a good chance it's going to happen today. That's my guess. I'm going just to a guess, by the way. That's how I'm important. On your guess, I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you. I agree with you that it's going to come out at eight games. I disagree that it'll be accepted. I think the NFL will jump in and they will tie at a minimum, and they may go full entire year, but at a minimum, a not ended at eight games, a continuous eight games, a continue to be evaluated because you've got those two games, uh, those two lawsuits left against Deshaun Watson. And I don't think the NFL wants to uh, get 
uh, bit in the rear end by those if something comes of those two lawsuits that make what uh, transpired look even worse. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, John? And it's just the part. Well, I think I think not open ended, but yeah, I think the uh, the civil cases aren't the problem. If there are more criminal charges, but then they could just reopen the whole thing and they could say, well, now there's criminal charges. So I think they're kind of protected from that standpoint. Uh, if there are new charges, uh, then they could open a new case and put That's a second suspension on there. So I think they'll lean on the fact that, we're look, we're evolving. We're letting the independent former judge make the decision. So as long as it's substantial, I think, and eight games is pretty substantial, I think they'll lean on that and say, all right, our work is done. Let's get on with it. That's my guess. We'll see if it comes down today. Probably will, because then Mac and Mac can't talk about it till Monday. Uh, I'll talk about it on my CBS Sports Radio shows over the weekend. And on WIP, I'm on both Friday and Saturday with Glenn Mac now. So my week is just beginning, as a matter of fact. And, uh, yes, I'll thank the NFL in advance if the announcement <laughs> comes down today. Give me plenty to talk about. And then give us plenty to talk about, because, John, I plan to be back here Monday. How about you? Yeah. Two and two, the big two and two this time, Jody. Days, that is. Two and two, and we're back on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.